basic life support down pat before you can really move to advanced life support. And when I was a new paramedic, we always wanted to do the new innovative things. We wanted to, you know, intubate and defibrillate and all of those things, which, which those are important things. But now they've uh, really proven that in cardiac arrest, for example, basic CPR and doing it correctly, chest compression specifically, saves lives. And I've actually, as, as I went through code after code, we never uh, had resuscitations, but uh, when we started doing deep, uh, fast chest compressions, going down, I know all that sound to some, it's like, what are you talking about, Pastor? But what I'm basically saying is, before you move on to the advanced things, you really do have to have the basic things down pat. And, and you've got to understand, you've got to have a foundation. And the Word of God, you know, as Brother Hurt was ministering, really a lot of what he was saying was talking about how important uh, the Word was. David said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and understanding those basic things, and, and sometimes, you know, we can go deeper and deeper, and we can get so deep that we forget our foundation, and we need that foundation, we need those foundational messages, so that's really what we want to talk about tonight, and then I asked her to do it, and uh, I didn't even tell her, but, you know, the Lord's been moving on me uh, for some time to talk about repentance, and just so happens that this lesson tonight is on repentance. So if you have your Bibles. So um, for all of you who have been through Firm Foundation, a.k.a. Welcome to Life um, classes, this is a combined lesson. And um, the reason I combine it is because the first lesson is pretty short. So, um, I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and all of you should have the handouts at this point, I think. So, um, we are talking about the Word of God, the foundational Word of God. Um, so, you have to know, how many of you know statistics for football, baseball, um, whatever your jam is, like whatever it is. A lot of people know, like a million and one, you know, athletes and all these people from Hollywood and all this cool stuff. But then when it comes to the Word of God, they're like, huh? I don't know. I don't, I don't know where that is or I don't know what that is or whatever. And so when we talk about the Word, we need to know the Word as much as we know all these other things. So let me ask you, how many books are there in the Bible? Boom. How many are in the Old Testament? 39. How many in the New Testament? The rest of them. The rest of the story. How many? 27. Okay. What's the easy? Anybody that's ever been through this, what is the easiest way to remember that there are 39 in the old and 27 in the new? Three and nine. And you put them together and it's 39. Three times nine is what? Boom. You'll never forget it. <laughs> All right. So how many of you know? That the Word of God is broken down into how many segments? Sections? Two. Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament and New Testament. All right. What's the dividing line? Why is it broken down? Exactly right. Exactly right. What was the Old Testament originally, predominantly written? Hebrew. What was the New Testament primarily written in? Greek. But there's a third language that the Word of God was actually originated from. What's that third language? Aramaic. Yes. How many of you know exactly how many verses were written in Aramaic before they were translated over to English? Oh, okay. Here you go. There are four. And they're all Old Testament. <laughs> All right, um, Brother Steve, can you flip this screen for me? All right, let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Christy, can you run get those papers, baby, what she's done with? Thank you. All right, 
Does anybody want to read it? That is so important. That's what we do. We have to rightly divide the word of truth. We have to understand that you just can't take a scripture from Genesis, just grab one. You know, just like Genesis 2 and 13. And then go run right over here and go to 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 and slam them together and make that make sense. That's not the way the word of God works. You have to understand dispensations of time. You have to understand the divisions, how the Bible is actually broken down to be able to figure out what the Word of God's saying. Because it's not like a smorgasbord. I know that's an old word, sorry. It's not like a buffet that we use that word now. <laughs> um, it's not like that. You can't just walk up to this and grab this and grab that and put it all on the same plate and it makes sense. You have to know exactly where the Word of God is broken down so that you can actually know what you are, you know, where salvation is and, and where, you know. So if you're going to read, if you don't know the divisions of the Bible and you are going to read your children the Christmas story, it's Christmas morning and you want to read the Christmas story to your children. Well, if you don't know how the Word of God is broken down and you just start in Genesis, it's going to be next Christmas till you find it. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're going to still be like flipping through trying to figure out what in the world, where it is. So that's why it's very important to study to show thyself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. So let's talk about where the word of God is divided down into. All right, before I go on. How many of you know um, the first book that was printed on the Gutenberg printing press? Yes, it was. Does anybody have any idea what the largest populated, printed, distributed book in the entire world is? The Bible, to the tune of about 5 billion copies. Pretty good information. Okay, I want to do these. I talked about the Word of God being divided down into segments, okay? So we all know Genesis to Revelation is the whole Word of God, right? We understand that. We understand that um, it is broken down into certain segments so that we can know how to find specific and certain information. So the first parts are, okay, the first five books of the Bible, we call that the law. Okay, those are the law books. So those are the sacrifices. Those are before Jesus when they were still sacrificing blood. Okay, those are the blood sacrifices. That's in the beginning. If you want to know about creation, if you want to know about Adam and Eve, if you want to know about Cain and Abel, if you want to know about Noah and Moses and all that stuff, it's in the law books. All right, the next, the next breakdown in the Word of God, we call these history books. History For all you history buffs that need a good history, you know, thing in your life, please read them. Joshua through Esther. So, you know, we all, we all know about Mordecai, and we all know about Esther, and we all know about, um, you know, Samuel, and all these, all these men of God and women of God that, that we highly esteem and that we want to know all this stuff about. Right there is where you're going to find it. Don't run out here Revelations because you are not going to find Noah out there in Revelations, you're going to find him back over here in the law books, okay? Next. All of you poetic, hopeless romantics that you just need poetry in your life. These are called poetry books. Job through Song of Solomon. Five poetry books. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. All right. We have two more divisions. <laughs> this is um, Major Prophets and minor prophets. So, Isaiah through Daniel are major prophets. The next are our minor prophets. Does anybody know what the difference in the prophets are? You're so smart, Courtney. Good job. It is the length of the book. 
it is not that some of them are more important than others. Courtney, have you been through farm validation before? She could probably teach them. <laughs> she probably memorized it. Okay, so does that help you to understand how the Old Testament is broken down? Whatever it is that you're looking for, it is broken down in very specific ways so you can go back and refer to that. All right, let's break down the New Testament. The Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is his ministry. So if you want to know about the Christmas story, where are you going to find it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Ta-da! You're so smart. All right. The book of Acts. What is that? That is the birth of a Where's our Pentecostal? Where's our Pentecostal at? Because that is the book of Acts. That is the birth of the church. What is the one unique, well, there are a bunch of unique things about the book of Acts, but what is the one unique thing that Abbasoc Pentecostals know about the book of Acts? The of There's no amen at the end. The day of Pentecost, but there is no amen at the end. Why is that? We are still the church, and the church is still going on. So guess what? We're still living in the book of Acts, that we are the church. So that's why there's no amen at the end, because amen, it is finished. It was not finished yet. One day. Okay, next. Epistles. Romans to Jude. What is an epistle? Letters. These are letters to the churches. If you want to know how to act, how to behave, how to control, control yourself, through the Spirit, all those cool things on how Christians should be, behave, and act, and do, and all those things, you're going to find it right here. If you go to the Gospels, you may get a little insert of, you know, the Beatitudes and those kinds of things. But predominantly, these are the letters to the churches. Who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? Aww. Boom. Y'all are so smart. I'm so proud of you. All right. So you what's the very last book of the Bible? Revelations. Revelations. Good job. If you want to know how to be saved, what book do you find? Salvation. Where do we find the first people that are saved? The book of Acts, right? Acts 2, the, the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 to 38. They, they, uh, they said unto them, Repent. Peter said unto them, And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and so there was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts. But like Sister Presbyl said, the epistles are how we live. They're our attitude. They're our mindset. They're, they're how we day-to-day -day live. So when you talk about the epistles, um, when I first got in church, I was so hungry to read the Word of God. I was just like, oh, I want to read it. I want to read it all. But then I was like, you know what? I do want to read the Word of God, but i got to figure out how to behave first off. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you just first come into church and you've been in the world your whole life and you're just like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. So the first thing I did was I found my nose in the Word of God and I went straight to Romans. Because I am like, see, I need to figure out what Paul said to the church. Because I need to figure out what I'm doing over here. And so that's where my nose went. I went from Romans to Jude and I read that first. Then course you go to acts because you know we're apostolic so but that's where you go it, not only for when you first get the holy ghost do you know how to live how many would admit that life goes on we we try to go further when we don't necessarily sometimes focus on the fruit of the spirit for example and how many would say that you have to from time to time repent for having a bad attitude, a wrong spirit, not following what you knew, you know, when we're young and hungry, we're grabbing all this. Yes, I want to do that, but once we've been living for God for some period of time, it's easy to start to think that deeper things matter and we kind of back up on some of those fruit of the Spirit and things like that and we've got to go back in there and we've got to allow the Word of God to just dig us out and change us. 
And uh, like contrary to that, or on the flip side of that, are the works of the flesh. And we have to always go back and make sure that we're not, we don't have any of that stuff in our life because the works of the flesh are real, you know? And if, I mean, you know, yes, we're apostolic and we want to know about spiritual warfare and casting out devils and doing all this stuff. And, and in my class, I teach that. But we got to make sure that we are living not inside the works of the flesh, but we're living in the fruit of the Spirit. So, you know, I, I, I always want to go back and remind myself, like, yeah, you know, hate in your heart's wrong. You can, I mean, you can be just positively perfect in all your ways, except you have hate in your heart. Then guess what? That you're not positively perfect in all your ways. You know, so we have to make sure, no matter how old we are in the Lord, that we go back to those things and we remind ourselves and we dig out those scriptures and we make sure that we're living in accordance to the Word of God. How many of you when Brother Herb was preaching did, uh, did God dig you out? Did God deal with you and work on you about attitude, about your mindset? I think one of the things he talked about multiple times is forgiveness and having bitterness in your heart. And, and so, so we have to work on those things. And then with that, one of the things that we have to do and is, is one of the things we have to do is we have to make sure that no matter, too many people think you repent and you're saved. And that the Bible says repent and be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But in that repentance, is not something we don't have to get baptized over and over again but we do have to repent over and over again and if you've lived for god for any amount of time you it, it's one of those things repentance when you really and truly repent not just say you're sorry you know not just feel bad because you did something but when you truly repent and i'm talking somebody that's just started living for god or I'm talking to somebody that's been living for God for, uh, I got a certificate when I got, uh, got in the car tonight, and they sent me a certificate last week, and it said, you have been licensed in ministry for 10 years, <laughs> and I was like, that's different, okay, so I called them, and I was like, I got a certificate, that's it, and she was like, every minister got a 10-year certificate, sorry, it was a so tonight, I, I looked in the car and I got a 25 year certificate, which is cool. But it doesn't matter that I've been licensed 25 years. I still have to repent. Right, and, right. And when I make a mistake, I still have to follow my needs. I remember the first time I recognized what repentance was, though. I, I, I thought, you know, at first that was me being saved and it was part of the process. But I, I just, I was in the altar. I was pouring my heart out. I was, I was turning my life to God. I was changing. I was turning completely around. And I was weeping. And I'm not a big weeper. I'm not a big crier. But it, I, I was crying. And when I finished, I felt so clean. I, it, it's just this purity that I felt. And, and then, I, you know, a pastor sat me down. We had a Bible study. We got baptized on Palm Sunday. We got, uh, got the Holy Ghost. God filled us with the Spirit of God. All, all of those things was great. But as Pentecostals, it is easy for us to skip past repentance and to jump straight to the Holy Ghost. And we don't realize the work and the transformation that happens with true repentance. When, when we are literally turning around... Luke 15 and 7, if you've got your Bibles, and I think, is that in there? It's up there. Luke 15 and 7, I say unto thee that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need repentance. In Pentecost, how many know we celebrate somebody being filled with the Holy Ghost? It's awesome. It's amazing. We celebrate somebody being baptized. And that's phenomenal. And we should. 
But the scripture here, I'm reading it right. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. It says there's joy in heaven when one sinner repents. And that means heaven is, you know, we can get to count numbers and things like that and, and, and get focused on those things. And heaven is rejoicing when one person comes to the altar and asks God for forgiveness and turns their life around and, and changes their life in repentance. Heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. So, so repentance. What is repentance? Does anybody know the definition? About face. I like that. That's, that's true. Uh, the Greek word is metanoe. And uh, here it's pronounced, I guess, metalomoe. That's the other one. Okay. So, metanoe, uh, and, and it is to do an about face. Uh, I think in the military, I remember Brother Malloy when he would preach on repentance when he would come through here. I don't know if y'all know. We got any soldiers, former soldiers? Brother Parks. Oh, Brother Elson said he came. Brother Mason, Brother. Y'all just come kind of. Why don't all three of you do it? Yeah. Just come right. on out here and show me how you. So we got we got two army and one navy. Uh, let's keep moving. 
okay. So um, if you've come through my class, you know this. This is how I teach it, and I'll explain why. What are the five steps to salvation? Repent. Ah, uh, you skip one. Believe. Believe. Sister Crutchfield, why in the world do you include believe? We all believe that there is a God. I have news for you. Some people do not. I have taught Bible studies to people that did not even believe there was a God. I had to get through the believing in the Lord. I had to get through the whole believing in God before I could ever teach them repentance. Because if you don't believe there is a God, you're not going to repent for anything because you don't even believe. First step is believing. You have to believe that God is God, that there is a God. So first step is believing. Second step is what? I know all my apostolics are like, oh, Sister Crutchfield, there's only three, there's only three, there's only three. Well, I promise you, I have Bible for this. <laughs> Believing. Second step. What is it? What is it? Yeah. Yes, you have to repent. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost unless you've repented of your sins. It's not going to happen because the Lord can't fill an unclean vessel, so we have to repent. What's the third step? Three, yeah, that's three. <laughs> Be baptized. How? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay, good. That's a whole other lesson on its own. We won't stop there. What's number four? In feeling of the Holy Ghost. I have a Bible that baptism doth now save us is what the Word of God says. And the Bible also talks about being caught up. If you don't have that same spirit, you're not going to be caught up with Him. So, um... Fourth, the Holy Ghost is essential to salvation. What is five? Right. Can we just stop? Can we just get the Holy Ghost and stop and go, okay, I'm done. I'm never going to read an epistle. I got this together. I'm good. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm good. I'm done. Now you still be acting crazy. And you don't even know what the Word of God says. And you just be all in the works of the flesh. You have the Holy Ghost. But... Once you get the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you've been repentant, then you got to go on. Don't lay again that same foundation. Don't keep dancing around Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. Acts 2, I get it. I love Acts 2.38. Nobody's going to love it more than me. But I'm just saying, we can't just keep dancing around Acts 2.38. we got to go dig in the Word of God and go, okay, now how do I live? I've been saved, but like there's more. There's something else I gotta do now. Like I gotta quit doing whatever I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. So five steps to salvation. Hope y'all never forget it. So who uh, why should we repent? Why should we repent? Because the Bible tells us to. Very good the Bible tells us to. Very good why else should we repent? For godly sorrow work of repentance for salvation, not to be repented of, but to follow up the world work of death. Yes. For, do that first part again. For godly sorrow work of repentance for salvation. To salvation. So repentance works to salvation. Amen. And uh, it, it, the Bible tells us, the scripture commands us to, we, we have to repent. Acts 17 and 30. If somebody has it, you want to read it? It may be behind me. It is. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. She sounds like a poet. She sounds there in Psalms and Proverbs. All right. Mark 1, 14 through 15. He wants to read it. There is step one, believe, and step two, repent. All right, Luke 13 and 3 says what? I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all not perish. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three 
witnesses, let every word be established. We just gave you three that says we all have to repent. All right, at repentance, does anybody know what happens when we repent? So initially, when you, when you first initially repent, God forgives you, God forgets it, and then God casts it as far as the east is from the west. We know that, all that's Bible. So that's, when you, when you repent of your sins, that is exactly what happens at repentance. He forgives, he forgets, and he casts them out. So let's go read 1 John 1 and 9. First John 1, 9. First John. Uh, the paper says First John. It doesn't say First John. Oh, okay. Typo. It's on the screen. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Three different things. You're going to experience three changes at repentance. What are they? These are the changes, Sister Joy, that you talked about. A minute ago, you're going to turn away from sin. If you have a true 180 repentance, you are going to turn away from sin. You're going to abhor sin. Sin isn't going to be cool to you anymore. It's not going to be something that you want to do. Have you ever been... So, I'm, I'm going to simplify this. Sin sickens you when you develop an abhorrence of sin. You... It, it, your, it nauseates you. It turns your stomach when you see true sin. And so, for example, I remember as a young child of God, very young, uh, we, we had a lot of fellowship. We had things going on in our church. Our church was, church was in revival. And we, had a lot of, we had a lot of young couples that got together. And we did Bible studies and we did all kinds of things. But I remember one night, uh, the conversation changed somewhere. I don't remember. I was a brand new baby in Christ. I wasn't over the Bible study or anything. But I just felt like the conversation changed and it was not good. And, and it, was, it was negative conversation. I felt like to some degree it turned to gossip. And uh, when we left, I had to repent, and I just, have you ever felt dirty, and you just, and it, I preached a message one time, treasure in a trash can, and, uh, and that's what I felt like, was a trash can, and when you feel like a trash can, do you know what you do? Clean, do you leave it all gummy and yucky and nasty and the bag in there, and the gunk in the bottom, you wash it out, you wash it out. And, and that's what you've got to do. It, it, you develop this abhorrence of sin to where you can't stand it. And that helps you to prevent yourself from allowing those things to continue. You, you stop them in their tracks. You, you learn ways to, to not go places that maybe other people go, even if, it, even if it is convicting to them, even if it perhaps upsets somebody. You know, I can't be in this guy. I, I just say, you know, I'll change the subject. And I had somebody recently ask me, you just, uh, they had tried to get me to watch some videos of somebody on YouTube that I didn't really think I needed to listen to, somebody that was saying they were a prophet, and I just didn't feel it. And they were like, did you watch those videos? And I was like, no. And, uh, and then they said, you're not going to watch those videos, are you? And I said, no. And uh, I, I just left it at that, you know. No, I'm not. I, I, did, I, I felt something wrong. I, I didn't feel something good about it, so I wasn't going to go there. 
And I'm not just going to be that. If I've got conviction, I'm not just going to be somebody right. and, and, right. and go do something that I know inside my spirit. Uh, the Holy Ghost is jumping on the up, up, jumping up and down and saying not to. And that wasn't anybody here. So, but but just you know, they just looked at me and said, "You're not going to, are you?" And I was like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> Sometimes you just got to be honest. Right. Sometimes you just got to be honest. So, an abhorrence to sin, and then the last one. A new spirit and honor towards God. You'll see that true reverence and love and respect for God that when you were a sinner, you didn't necessarily have that depth. And uh, how often, which we already discussed this, how often should we repent? Somebody find 1 Corinthians, uh, is that 15? 1 Corinthians 15, 31. someone's prayer precisely but I'm going to ask three people that I know repent regular to share with us for a moment how they repent and I, I want in, in prayer you know and I, I want each one to share that with us and, and I will, I will give you just a minute to prepare but brother Fowler uh, sister Parks and brother Duvall I, I, I want each of y'all to share with me, just share with everybody, and I'll do it first. Just an example of when you're going before God, how you repent, because I think that each one of us can learn from each other. And so I will start, and I, I will do that. Okay, so I, you just pray. You, you don't have to pray. Just listen. Uh, close your eyes. Let's call on the name of the Lord together. God. I come before you right now, and Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of anything that I have done. God, what I knowingly have done and what I unknowingly have done. God, if I've hurt someone I did, and I didn't know it and I didn't mean to, God, bring that to my mindset, God, where I don't continue to do that again. God, I, I want to turn my life completely around, Lord Jesus. Yesterday's mistakes I don't want to make again today. Today's mistakes I do not want to make again tomorrow. But I ask God that you forgive me, that you cleanse me, that you wash me in your blood. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, God. And I repent, Lord Jesus, of every mistake, God. Anything that is not under the blood, I plead the blood over it, God, right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. That's that's how I start. Now, it, the three are y'all. You good? Come up here and grab. God, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. God, I pray if there's anything, God, within me, within my heart, God, that I've done. God, anything that I've read, I've looked at, God, I've watched, I've taken into my spirit. God, I pray that you would cleanse me. God, I pray that you would wash me, forgive me. God, if there's things in my life, God, that I've done that I don't know, God, a sin of omission. God, I pray that you would forgive me. I pray, God, that you would cleanse me. God, help me to have clean hands and pure heart, God, when I walk into your presence. God, I pray that your blood, God, that was applied to my life, God, I pray that that blood would be activated over me right now as I pray. God, and I ask you, God, to forgive me and wash me in your precious name. Yes, yes. Amen. 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 Amen
Lord, I thank you for you are so good and so faithful unto me, oh God. Lord God, Jesus, you see and you know all, Lord God. You even know my heart. You know my mind. Lord, I ask you, oh God, in your name, that you will forgive me of all things that I've said, done, thought of, oh God. Any thoughts that were not like your thoughts, oh God. Any thoughts, any words, oh God, that's not holy and righteous that was spoken and even thought of. Lord, I ask you to forgive, oh God. Have mercy on me, oh God, Jesus. Even, Lord God, any any motives, my motives, oh God, of things, oh God, of any actions that I have taken, oh God, if my heart was not right, my motives were not right, oh God, in it, Lord God, please forgive me, oh God, Jesus, for Lord God, you are faithful and just to forgive, oh God, Lord, your mercies, they endure every morning, oh God, Jesus, Every day that my eyes wake up, oh God, Jesus, that my eyes open, Lord God, I know it is you, oh God, Jesus, that has touched me with your love. Lord, I pray, oh God, that if I walked in, oh God, against your will and against your way, if I was found in a place that I should not have been, Lord God, Lord, please have mercy on me, oh God, because God, I don't want to be found, oh God, with sin stained, oh God. Lord, I want to be found clean, oh God, and blameless before you, oh God. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon my soul, oh God. Help me, oh God, Jesus, to continue to walk right before you, oh God. Help me to turn my back, oh God, Jesus, away from the things that's unrighteous and not, oh God, holy before you, oh God. Purify my heart, oh God, that my heart, oh God, and my, my mind will be set and stayed upon you, oh God, that my soul will be kept in perfect peace, oh God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your faithfulness, oh God. I thank you for your unconditional Love, oh God, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Yes, in Jesus' name. See how that adds to what you do. Did, did anybody grab something while she was praying that you're going to add, or while he was praying that maybe you're going to add to your prayer? Precious Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your loving kindness. God, we thank you for your long suffering. We thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom, your knowledge, and understanding, Lord. You are omnipotent. God, you know all about us, Lord. You see, oh God, the end from the beginning, God. Oh God, we pray, Lord God, that you look down upon me, Lord. Oh God, and forgive me of every transgression, of every iniquity, of every trespass. Oh God, of every debt that I owe you, God, I ask that you put it under your blood. Oh God, forgive me, Lord God, for, oh God, anything, Lord God. Oh God, that's not right. Oh God, I pray that you create in me a clean heart, oh God. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, help me to see, oh God, my faults, Lord God, against your blood. Oh God, because your blood, Lord God, it cleanses me, Lord. Oh, God, and I know that my sins, Lord God, has caused you grief. It has caused you anguish. It has caused you, oh, God, to feel, oh, God, disappointed in me, God. And I'm disappointed in myself. And God, I don't want to be the same, Lord. I don't want to do the same, Lord. I don't want to talk the same. I don't want to walk the same, God. But I pray for renewal, Lord God, in your spirit. Renewal by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray, oh, God, that you continue, Lord God, to let your hand be upon me, Lord. Oh, God, help me to walk in righteousness and true holiness all the days of my life. According to your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 So, so each of these is an example for us elders on how they yes. repent, how they lead in prayer, and how they go before the throne. Now I want to ask you somewhat in closing, especially those that are going to be doing everyone, but especially those that are going to be doing firm foundation because this is going to be a part of your daily walk. This is going to be a part of your daily life. So find a place of prayer. Take what what pieces you could from each one of these or your own 
and let's call on the name of Jesus. Young people, y'all are in here with us tonight as well. Just find a place. The altar's open. You can find a pew if you want to come to the altar. I, I believe somebody's feeling it right now that you just want to talk to God for just a few moments tonight. And, and right where you're at, up here, doesn't matter. Let's call on the name of God together. I want you to pray a repentant prayer. I want you to and then allow God, allow the Holy Ghost to lead you, to guide you further into that prayer. And, and allow God to speak to you perhaps about, it, you know, almost like a list of, of this past week or this past month, depending on how long it's been. And, and just begin to call that out before God. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, renew in me. God, clean me up, God. Do a work inside of me. Would you call on the name of Jesus right now? Would you reach out to the Lord of glory for just, just a few minutes here tonight? Just find that place of prayer. Find that place to where you that altar for just a moment. That altar of sacrifice that you're just going before the Lord of glory. And, and, and God, it, while you're doing that, God is forgiving you. And God is cleansing you. And, and God is placing something inside of you. God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's reach out to him for just a few moments tonight. Let's call on the name of Jesus. I want you to develop something in you in your prayer life right now that you're going to take every day, that you're going to bring before the throne of grace every day.
close your eyes and lift your hand. Whenever you clean yourself out, whenever you repent before God, you always, once you're cleaned out, you want to feel that that you just cleaned out. You want God to feel that with His Spirit. So I want you just to lift your hands and call on the name of Jesus. Now, if you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Just uh, If you don't know the words to say, just allow the Holy Ghost to lead you. Just hands in the air, voices lifted up. Call on the name of Jesus, God. I've cleansed myself, God. I've pled the blood. I've repented, Lord Jesus. Now I ask you to fill me up, Lord. Full of the Holy Ghost. Let your spirit. Tuesday, and uh, and, and uh, continue on. She's got some 
others that if she's not here that also teach that class. And uh, if you've been through it, but you need a renewing in it, then uh, I encourage you, you know, to get that renewing and go through that again. Uh, but praise God. I mean, he's excited to be in church. And it generally, now, there wasn't as much question and answer uh, as there is in the actual class because she's very good at that. She'll sit down and open up for questions. I'm definitely more of a pulpit preacher style. So it's a little different. But uh, she's really good and exciting in that. Praise God. I will say, any questions? Any questions for her? All right. If our ushers would come tonight and get ready to receive tonight's tithes and offers, thank you for being here on Tuesday night. And uh, I'm excited to what the Lord is doing. Revival was amazing and powerful. And God broke up some fallow ground. God broke up some fallow ground. And uh, I want to continue to do that. Amen. Praise God. Remember, Brother Munden, any announcements? Put him on the spot. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry, I'm just used to Brother Munden having the... Any announcements? I don't think we've got any announcements. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. There is a spiritual retreat, and Sister Duvall's got the flyer. The flyer is also on our Facebook page. It's going to be in Glenville, and uh, Brother Pickering always does a phenomenal job uh, when he does any type of training and conference. This is a spiritual retreat. I believe is it a Friday and Saturday? Yeah, I'm only driving up for the Friday. You're driving up for the Friday. But uh, you do, there is a scan code. You do have to register for it. I believe the cost is $25. And uh, so if you're wanting to go to that, I highly encourage you to do that and uh, be involved in, in that conference. We, uh, we really want to connect with our neighboring churches and uh, Brother, Brother Pickering and, uh, and the entire Glenville Church. Uh, just phenomenal people. We also, a couple of things going on in prayer. Remember Brother Sister Joy's husband, Brother Chris Dixon. He's in the hospital at Memorial. Please continue to pray for him. Pray for the Isabella family. Uh, Brother Isabella's uh, going home service is going to be Tuesday at 11 o'clock at the Savannah Church. And be in prayer for my mother. And they called her today. She's going to have to have a heart cath. So we don't know when they're going to schedule that. But please be in prayer for her uh, as she goes through that procedure. The cardiologist called Sister Rachel. Um, I know it wasn't Brother Revere, one of his brothers, but yes. uh, Sunday, another one of his brothers put in intensive care. Okay. Continue to uplift Brother Rozier. He, he lost a brother, I believe it was the week before last. And then another brother is sick. Let's call on those. Call on each of those, and uh, in the name of Jesus. God, we're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives here at the church. God, and each individual and family as everyone is growing closer and closer to you. God, we pray for each of these needs. We pray for Chris, Lord, right now that you touch his body. God, that you touch his heart and his mind, and you get the perfect rehabilitation facility for him so he's able to completely recover. We pray for my mother right now. We pray for Brother Rogier's family. We pray for the Isabella family. We pray for Sister Janice's and grandchildren right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for each of these that were called out and the ones that weren't called out, God, that you just do a work in their lives, Lord Jesus. There's many needs, and we know, God, that by your stripes, the scripture tells us we are healed. We know you are the great physician, God, and we place it all in your hands, and we trust you with it. We cast our cares upon you because you care for us, God. We thank you, we give you praise tonight in the wonderful and amazing name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, step out, give.
and shake hands with at least 12 people on the fist. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank <laughs> you.